0: I find it absolutely critical that I have just maybe one practice that on a daily basis reminds reminds me that that I am a living soul <laughs> and that I need and that my life needs to be centered in God yeah. and rooted in God. Mm-hmm. And and for me that's a non-negotiable. It's not a legalism, it's just essential. Mm. Um, And I want to, I just want to live
1: from that space. Hello and welcome to The Follower Podcast, a place for honest conversations about following Jesus to the depths of his heart and the ends of the earth. I'm your host, Matthew Lewis, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Follower Podcast and uh, heading deep into January now, 2024. Can you believe we're almost uh, a whole month into this year? That's kind of where we're coming to now. Uh, If you've been tracking with us as we started the year, just been having a few helpful conversations to try and orient us toward a year that, that leaves us, I would say, in deeper friendship with Jesus uh, by the end of this year than maybe then we started it, that we made progress in that direction. And so today uh, for the conversation, we have a friend of the podcast, no stranger, if you've listened to the follower podcast, little Trevor Hudson. Trevor, thank you and and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you, Matt. It really um, is a privilege to be asked and to be invited and just a, a warm hello to To each person who's carved out some space to listen to this podcast.
1: Yeah. I actually, just this morning, I got a message from a friend of mine. He's a part of a, a four square church in America. And he said, hmm. just listen to the follow-up podcast, loved what you what you guys are talking about. And the episode with Trevor Hudson was just beautiful. And I just oh, said, I said, wow. which one? Which one? Because we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've had you on a few times and you really have. I think you've become almost like a, a parental voice for this little community, just offering wow. some of your thoughts and direction to us. So just really grateful for you. Um, Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Today, we want to talk a little bit about soul care. So, you know, we had Mads Deysel on from Edify talking about mental health and wholeness and our identity in Jesus. Um, I thought a a nice balance to that, to add to that, would be to talk a little bit about soul care. How do we position ourselves to to have healthy souls going forward in this year? And so to start off, Trevor, I thought maybe you could just give us an an understanding. What is the soul? What are we talking about Hmm, when we talk about this thing called the soul?
0: Yeah. Well, maybe, first of all, I really need to underline the importance maybe of this conversation. You know, the word soul... as you would know, it's been kind of marginalized in kind of academic circles. You you can't talk about the soul in a university setting, for an Mm. example. Mm. So, you know, even a a discipline like psychology and the very word psychology, which means theory of the soul, um, (laughs) even psychology and the discipline of psychology, and I'm not knocking it, in order to be accepted as an academic discipline has to marginalize the word soul Mm. and so it's really left to us you know within the uh, within the christian space to really put this word on our mental landscapes it's an important word and and sadly even within churches sometimes Mm. we don't talk about the soul you know when last did we listen to a good sermon about the soul so I just want to give a shout out to you Matt for for putting <laughs> this word you know for putting the word onto our onto our mental landscape at the beginning of the year. You've asked me to to describe or to define the word soul and and, and that is a, a, that's a tricky question and I want to be careful in my response. Uh, I've been deeply influenced by Dallas Willard who is a philosopher uh, he died a few years ago as well as a, a biblical theologian um and he says you cannot that sometimes it's helpful to talk about the soul with the, with the help of an image um you know that the soul is that deep and this is his suggestion that deep stream that deep river that runs within us, our, our life center, mm-hmm. that in life, that when it's working well and healthy, gives life to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the more philosophical uh, definition or description that he gives to the word soul, he sees soul as that as that hidden invisible side of our lives that, and he uses some very important verbs, that that correlates, that integrates, that enlivens every aspect of our life. So that when our soul is working well, when our soul is healthy, it kind of, It it integrates our lives. It enlivens our lives. We we begin to live with soul. Um, But on the other hand, when we neglect our souls, when we don't pay attention to them, when we forget that we have souls, Mm. our lives become disintegrated. You know, we live in conflict with ourselves, we live divided lives. So for me, soul is a critical word that really needs to be recovered in our preaching and our teaching, in our Bible studies, et cetera. I Mm. hope that's helpful, Matt.
1: Yeah, very, very helpful. I think uh, you kind of pointed to this idea that I've been playing around with. Is like um, many of the most valuable things that almost have like a – eternal or transcendental nature, maybe you could use that language. Many of these things can't quite be defined, sure, but they sure. can be experienced. Right, And I think right. that's what you've pointed to is like the soul, at least in my cursory reading of it, it does seem a little bit like trying to nail jelly to a wall. It is a little bit, right. it's a little bit sure. intangible. And yet, as sure. you've said, man, the experience of the soul is undeniable. You know, when right. your soul's not, working <laughs> sure, <laughs> when it's when it's sure. as you've used the language disintegrating right, right sure. um and i think you've also nailed such an important thing is that many of us and although we would profess to believe in jesus we have a very um a naturalistic worldview uh, and so we would say we believe in jesus but we operate in as okay. functional atheists as if there is no sure. soul i don't know yeah. maybe you just can't Riff on that a little bit. Some of those thoughts. Sure. Yeah,
0: you know, I think you know, you know, I think our. Let me speak broadly in terms of Western culture. In terms of Western culture, and I'm speaking, and I'm also very aware that I'm speaking within an African context here, within South Africa. But our educational processes. Um, and we are the products of our educational processes, school, church, university, etc. the word soul, as I hinted at earlier, has been sidelined. So we are almost, as it were, sidelining a fundamental part of who we are. Mm. Um, and, and I think the consequences of that uh, I think are all around about us <laughs> every day. Um, we, we we are surrounded by people, and sometimes we ourselves, and we are living lives that, as it were, we are disconnected from our souls, and we pay the price. Mm. Because when you know when the soul is um, healthy. When we haven't lost our souls, mm-hmm. when when our souls are healthy, they find expression in a life that is uh, alive, that is flourishing, that is integrated, that is in harmony with itself. Mm. When our souls are not working well, we live divided lives. There are contradictions between what we think and feel and how we act. And, and all that for me is an expression of an unhealthy soul. Yes. So yeah, you know, that's some of my riffing off this, this word with you, uh, Matt, and why I'm so um happy that you are, you know, just putting this word. On our landscapes correct, again, correct,
1: correct. yeah. And I think what you've what you've touched on there is the importance of correct diagnosis. I think this is a really key thought, actually, because you know both of us before this conversation we were talking about some niggles we've had and whatever. You know, there's nothing worse than going to the doctor and you've got a symptom, but you're yeah. being consistently misdiagnosed in terms of what you're what sure. at the root of that situation. And I think. Um, uh, in the last conversation, Mads was saying that last year was the year of, of um, what did she say it was? It was like severe burnout or like, like oh, chronic fatigue. She said 2023 was the year of chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. seems symptomatic of me to me. Mm-hmm. But we seem to be misdiagnosing what's at the root of that and trying to medicate with life hacks and top up here and sure. fix this there sure. without realizing that at the base of this, there's a soul issue going on. Would you agree with that idea?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. You know, and that I think is why just our own conversation, and I think you framed it with the words soul care, you know, personal soul care, that um that as we do attend to our souls, uh, that the 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 consequence of that uh, I think um well let me say more than i think i know that as we attend to our souls i know that our lives will 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 flourish in ways that they would not have flourished when we do not pay attention to our souls and i think chronic fatigue is a symptom of a of a life that is not
1: flourishing Mm-hmm. A disintegration and versus integration. I love how you frame that. Just a question as we've been talking now, I wonder, honest question. I'm wondering, would you say we have a soul or would you say we are a soul? Again, you're a good question. Well, you know, you think of the
0: Genesis. You know, God breathed into us, and we became living souls. Mm. Uh, so for me, soul is not like a like a part of me.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, it's not a, a mechanical part of me. That I I am a living soul, mm. and soul for me is a very wide embracing term that describes the hidden invisible dimension of my life to which i need to pay attention because from that soul there arises my thoughts my feelings my will my memories and all the other dimensions of the human being
1: Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Really helpful. So it's more, it's, uh, it's more holistic. It's not to be compartmentalized in it's, it's yeah. some way. It's the, it's the all encompassing right. self. <laughs> right. If we're trying to, you know, try to get some of those, um, right. some of the jelly on the wall, uh, in your experience, as you minister to people, as you just watch the world around you, as you look at your own life, uh, I, I'm sure you couldn't say this in any exhaustive way, but maybe some red flags what are things that we need to pay attention to as we head into the the uh the particularly in our cultural moment are our, our threats to the soul right
0: well i think if we, we we can start off with a with one biblical story of a person who wanted to accumulate more and more and more and more and lost his own soul in the process mm-hmm. uh you know he was rich in everything except rich towards god uh and for me, that is pretty fundamental, you know, that in our um, that in our desp- in our materialistic age, and this deep desire to accumulate more and more and more and and to, and to not be rich towards God, I think that's a major threat, the materialism uh, of our age. I think that another major threat, huge, is our, and it, it's got to do with our attention, is distraction. Um, I think, you know, the, the, you know the, the, the powerful role, and I'm not knocking it, but it, the powerful role of social media and how it can lead us into a life of, um, of terrible distraction. Uh, from that which is important and essential and critical for our lives every day. I heard Richard Foster say, I think it was a year or two ago that when he wrote that, that book which became a, a kind of multi-million bestseller celebration of discipline, he started the, the book with a with a with a very good sentence, a superficiality is the curse of our age. And wow. he said that if he were to write that book today, he would change that sentence, and he would say, "Distraction uh, is, you know, is the curse of our age." Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I think for me, materialism. I think uh, distraction, and I think our um, our tendency to um, how do I say this? Our tendency to anesthetize our deep cries of the soul. So there is a sense in which we can go through life and we forget that we are living souls. Mm. We forget the dimension of soul in our life. And we live as though we do not have a soul, mm. and I think I think that is I think that is tragic, mm. absolutely tragic. Um, so our lives, as it were, are lived on this basis of, you know, we think and act without, and and we lack awareness of this dimension of our life. Mm. We we simply don't pay any attention to it. Mm, mm, mm. So I I, w- I would flag some of some of those, you know, just some of those um, dangers yeah. uh, to uh, to to soul care. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I pull on those a little bit? Just pull on some of yeah, those please. threads. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that a a vice or a red flag, as you as we framed it here, um. Is appealing because it's animated by a lie. So what I mean by that is there's a reason why I gravitate toward materialism, for example. Sure, it's not the sure. thing in itself. I don't, sure, I don't sure actually want to sell my soul to an Xbox <laughs> <laughs> sure. but but there's a lie underneath that's that's animating uh, that and making it seem in the words of the God and pleasing to the eye and fruit, you know, sure. good for the eating. I'm wondering if you could zone into each one of those. So if we look at materialism, uh, distraction, this temptation to anesthetize our souls, is there a lie that you see under each of those? And maybe to help people kind of get under a little bit under that, so more than just saying stop buying things, how do we? What are some of the lies that maybe animate each one of those those red flags?
0: I think for me, the fundamental I think the fundamental lie that maybe threads its way through those three things I mentioned, and I could mention many others. Sure. I think the fundamental lie is that is that we are going to that we that. Let me quote the ancient Augustine, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And I think the lie is that we are going to, is that we are going to find what we most deeply, deeply long for. We are going to find it in whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, if I can accumulate more and more, the deepest longing of my heart will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I think for me that is the lie. That I will find that, that I will discover that that deep fulfillment, that deep uh, satisfaction of life, that deep joy that I'm made for. I'm yeah. made for it. Yeah. 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 That deep sense of even belonging i will that i will experience the fulfillment of these deep longings and cries of the soul by accumulating more and more by allowing myself to be distracted by a whole lot of things by anesthetizing myself with with whatever you know mm-hmm. uh, whatever I, whatever drug of choice i may may want to uh, I may want to participate in.
1: yeah mm-hmm. and that's so helpful, Trevor, because well, at least it's been helpful to me to to come to the revelation that the longing is the longing is not the issue, that I'm not invited to be a stoic and shut down my desires, and that actually I can't because i'm I'm eternally, I'm divinely engineered for longing. In the words of uh, Ruth Haley Barton, my longings are the truest thing about me, actually. Um, so, for you know, for, even for people listening, I think I know this has been true for me and sometimes for others is that we can we can misread the issue and then we can we can somehow put shame on ourselves for having these very primal longings yeah. that are in us. Yeah. But the longing is not the issue. It's where we take the longing. That's sure. the issue. Would, would you agree sure. with that?
0: Oh yes, and uh, and I think that's where the lie, uh, mm. that's where the
1: lie, uh, kind
0: of emerges. Uh, mm. You know, you can meet this longing in, or you know, this deep primal heart longing. Um, uh, it's gonna find its fulfillment in this, or yeah. this, yeah.
1: yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you spoke about uh, the anaesthetizing of the soul, this has been true for me sometimes. Uh, um, C.S. Lewis' quote comes to mind where he says, uh, it's not that we doubt that God has good for us. It's just that we fear how painful the good will be. (laughs) You know, I'm paraphrasing there. But sometimes the reason I anaesthetize the soul component of me is because the pathway to wholeness leads through pain. Sure, You know, there's a no way, like God wants me whole. He doesn't just want me happy at a superficial sure. sense. Sure. And so sure. sometimes when that soul part of me starts waking up and inviting me to deeper places in God and in myself, the pathway there can be painful. And so sometimes I recoil up. I, I anesthetize to pull back because I guess the known the known of the dysfunction feels maybe safer than the unknown of the promise. Sure. Does that make sense? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that somehow I just want to put in my own words, the how you have framed this, that somehow the uh, the relative uh, or temporary satisfaction that I may get from um of substi- or finding a, a substitute for God in my life, mm. sometimes that is easier to live with you say, than some of the necessary uh, and unavoidable uh, suffering that may come as I open my life up to the gospel and to Christ. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I can only say, I think that kind of thinking does uh, certainly operate in our lives. Mm. Uh, and um and so it's and I guess it's a little bit to do with this immediate, you know, it's the sense the, the sometimes our need for or our desire for a kind of immediate satisfaction right. and for our avoidance of necessary suffering uh, and necessary pain, you know. Uh, I, I just think sometimes, you know, when the leper got healed, uh, he could feel pain again in his leprosy. He, he you know, the pain of being alive, uh, mm. uh, and uh, and there is a painfulness to coming alive and to, you know, and to opening my my life up more in in a real sense to the to the human realities of this world uh, mm. that God loves so much and wants me to be engaged in. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's such a, such an important, I really want to highlight that for people, because I think, um, again, if I, only in my journey as I reflect, there's a necessary realness, a sort of sobriety that we need to communicate when we invite people into the wholeness of Jesus, but sure. also um, an honesty about the pathway of that, you know. Sure, absolutely. The, um, Thank you. So I think that's healthy. Is yes, we want the soul is the fully integrated self. It's the it's the sort of mysterious but vital and undeniable health of a person. Yes. <laughs> um, sure. And we want to care for our souls. And from that is this overflow of flourishing. And at the same time, to journey into the a, a healthy soul, there may be some sure. pain on the journey. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I think you're helping me to clarify what I'm saying as well, and I want to say thank you for that. That the enlivening that comes to my life, or the flourishing, we, you know, we can interpret that in a very one-sided way. But you and I think your listeners, I think, will know that human reality is made up of joy and sorrow you know, good and bad, health and sickness. Um, it's ma- it's made up of both and. And so my enlivening experience of that Christ brings to me, I'm enlivened to every dimension of human life at a, at a, at a level, at a very deep level. So my joy is deep, my, but my experience of grief is also deep. Um, and it's, it's that the, I think when we live from the soul, we live, we live a bit of a cliche now, we live deeply, right? Uh, we do not live superficially. We don't skim along the surface of life, having little pleasures here and there in an attempt to avoid a little bit of pain here and there. And I, I just need to blot that out. I really enter, Christ leads me into the depths of Mm. human experience Mm. uh, uh, in a profound and deep and enlivening way. And I feel alive, even in my grief and my sadness and my pain, Mm. um, as I do in my joy and in my pleasures and in my moments
1: of happiness. Mm, Such an incredibly important thought there. We can't be selective about what we come alive to, <laughs> you know? If I want to anaesthetize myself to pain, I inadvertently yeah. anaesthetize uh, myself to uh, all uh, of it. Oh, uh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me think about how Jesus, the man with the healthiest soul, <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. was, sure. Uh, is both uh, this uh, picture of uh, the happiest uh, being uh, in the universe, absolutely. but also a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Both in, both in. So 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 good. So, you know, we've talked spoken about this thing called the soul. Uh we've kind of gone into some of the red flags, threats, some of the realities. Um, someone's listening, going, Okay, I want to care for my soul. Yeah, but you've just right. told me how elusive and mysterious this thing is. No, no, uh, no, right. How how do I care for my soul? What are how could we help people? Mm, right.
0: I think you know, I'm again, I'm just gonna sp- speak from the heart here. I think I think number one, I think would be to acknowledge <laughs> that I am a living soul, to acknowledge this dimension of my life. Mm. Um and to listen to some of the deep longings and cries of my soul uh, for belonging, for meaningfulness, for significance, just to listen to them. Mm. Uh, So I think it's, I think it begins with an acknowledgement of the critical dimension of my life. I think that's where I would want to begin. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think, I think I would want to take another step and I would, I would, want to, I would want to encourage myself and listeners to ensure that my soul is connected to God. <laughs> you, you know, God is the restorer of the soul. Um, God restores my soul, renews my soul, keeps it safe. I, so I want to ensure that my connection with God in Christ is alive and vital and well, because that's the safest place for my soul. Mm. That's where, that's where my soul is going to, that's the safe environment for my soul to to be healthy in. Mm. So I think I would I would want to say that. I think at a very some practical things, um I would want to just always be aware of where my life gets divided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think it's Parker Palmer who, who says, you know, so often uh, we separate our soul from our role. <laughs> and I think some of us lose our souls in our roles, as it were, particularly as Christians, you know, we... And I, I'm not knocking roles. I think of a, let's say, a, if, a, if there's a pastor listening here, um, you know, he has a certain role. He's got to exercise. He can't always wear his heart on on his sleeve on on her sleeve. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, but I'm just kind of imagining the pastor wakes up on a Sunday morning, says, "Oh heck, another day. I can't <laughs> face. I can't face those people today." Then rocks up. And his first words from the stage are so good to be with you, and (laughs) let's worship. And you know how are you? You know, and you know what I mean. There's a kind of there's a kind of division between soul and role. Wow. And I think we need to be very careful because the soul is such a hidden part of our life. We've just got to be careful that we're not living our life fully in our roles, Mm. and that there is a. Just that we're constantly healing the splits in our life, um, and and we I think all of us we know where the splits are, mm. and 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 I think we need to be aware of those splits, and and just ensure that we have friendships and little communities where we are where we can talk about these contradictions, where we can talk about these sl- splits in our life just so that our soul and our role can be can just be can come together a little bit more healthily mm. And that you know that I that I'm not living a lie. Um, I think that is so important and I think oh, it's okay. it's the it's the journey towards health and healing. It's not that we have everything together, but we just we have an awareness um, of of splits in our yes. life.
1: Yes,
0: and that, and I think we, I don't think we'll ever be free of splits. But we are on a journey of living a more integrated life before others and with God. Yes. Um, I think. Those would be some of the things I would say. And I think maybe the last one, I would say going into a new year, I don't want to be too legalistic about this, but I would say I need to ensure that I shape my life in such a way that I make time for... For, for my soul, you know, and I, somehow I just need to shape, I need to just give my life some shape. Uh, just I don't, not in a legalistic sense, but I find it for let me be even more practical. I find it absolutely critical that I have just maybe one practice that on a daily basis reminds reminds me that that I am a living soul <laughs> and that I need and that my life needs to be centered in God yeah. and rooted in God. Mm-hmm. And and for me that's a non-negotiable. It's not a legalism, it's just essential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to I just want to live from that space you know so, so I would say to find a what whatever it may be a, a, just a fundamental practice mm. that 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 deepens the rootedness of my life in Christ mm. that deepens the rootedness or the groundedness of my life in God mm. and 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 keep and keeps me orientated towards God and open towards God.
1: Gosh so many things I'd love to um, explore there. I'm just thinking where we um so if I just start to pull those thoughts together you've said as a start, let's acknowledge we have a soul, Yeah, that we are a soul. Yeah, right. um, well, living souls, right. Yeah. yeah, and what we want to do with ourselves being a soul is make sure that we're existing in the safe, flourishing place of vital connection with God. Right, sure. And one of the things that threatens that connection is is our splitness between role and soul. And that was so interesting. I literally had a conversation with a friend. He's a pastor of a church. Uh, You know who you are if you're listening to this. And um, I I pitched up a church and I was just there for the service. Went up to him, said, how are you doing? And he said, uh, pretty tired, actually. And he was actually just grieving the loss of a family member. But um, he said, uh, but we got to do the service. So in a couple of minutes, I'm going to go up on that platform and I'm going to, and and so there is this unavoidable tension that you manage there. If I think of it in my own context, if I'm going in for an operation, I want my surgeon to be a surgeon (laughs) and I want him to be a good surgeon or her to be a great surgeon. And there are mechanisms that are necessary for them as a surgeon to be able to distance themselves from my immediate suffering in order to do their task. So the, sure. there's a level of that, but I hear what you're saying is that, particularly because of the culture we live in that so rewards the role, we can walk so sure. far down that road that we end up sure. living this split life. Right. It, does that speak to what you're saying in terms of the split?
0: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think what, you know, just, just your example of your friend, you know, what he or she had going for, for, for themselves was simply they were aware. There was an awareness, I know I have to do this, I'm going to for a moment put this to one side because I I need to offer myself here in the leadership of the service. Uh, And so just that awareness of what they are doing is important because once the service is over, then perhaps that person can return to that awareness Mm -hmm. and then pay attention to that grief Mm -hmm, uh, or mm -hmm. to the sadness um, that they perhaps, that they are experiencing at that moment. Beautiful. The danger comes when I just allow that, when I allow my soul to disappear in my role. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and um, and we've just, you know, you, we've just witnessed so it's been such a painful time in the church's history these last three, four years. You know, mm. I've just, um, and I'm, it's, I'm not knocking anyone. I'm, it's just been a painful time where we've seen what happens when we, when role becomes predominant, and there is this lack of attention to soul, mm. particularly within the context. Of trusted community and friendship.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And particularly in my own story, you know, when we've acknowledged some of the pain of walking the road of the soul, and then you think about some of the immediate gratification and the reward systems built into the role it does become a, you know, it's has got like a drug-like effect and it. it's got like sure, this gravitational absolutely. force. Uh, absolutely. And so what I've liked is you've said this. So so one of the things we can do to remedy that is not only awareness but also some kind of daily practice that anchors yeah. me back, that pulls me back yeah. from that gravity um, yeah. and plants yeah. me back in the reality that I'm a soul. Right. Um, is, yeah. That Does that sum up some uh, of what you've been uh, saying Definitely,
0: there? yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then for you I know you're cautious of spiritual technology as you say but uh what are, for you what are some of those practices what have they looked like yeah. yeah.
0: Well really I think I think there would be two two or three that are fundamental to my life you know and they and they're really not they're more than I, I wouldn't want to I don't call them disciplines they're just they yeah, they they simple daily practices, I, you know, I would I would take 30, 30 odd, 40 minutes to really be still and know that God is God um, and, and find a way into that stillness and into that silence before the living God uh, with an openness of my heart and with uh, just a deep intention to orientate my life and my whole being to God's praise and glory and into God's great love and 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 that sounds quite religious i know that but that is what i i really do say at the beginning of that time lord will you direct my whole being to your praise and glory and into your great love mm. and then to enter into um the stillness and silence before God and with an open heart in mind, and mm-hmm. there could be some scripture around that maybe afterwards, and maybe some sharing of my own heart verbally um, with God, but there is that essential stillness and, you know, I think of Isaiah 30:15, you know um, in returning and resting is my salvation mm-hmm. in quietness and confidence and it's to get that verse off the fridge door into my life on a daily basis <laughs> exactly. so that's been important i think the other one is i is to give myself very deeply to to the present moment whatever the present moment is i, I to really live as deeply as i can in the present moment doing whatever i'm doing um being with whoever i'm with this is where I'm going to meet God. I'm not going to meet God anywhere else. Mm. <laughs> I can God, the great I am, <laughs> I will meet in the present moment mm. so so this this learning this practice of learning to to, to you know someone said to me Trevor what's on your bucket list uh, I think they think you know I'm kind of I'm in the exit I'm in the exit lounge at the moment, and I just said you know I just want to learn to be present to whatever's in front of me and whatever's happening, and I th- and I think lastly, I open myself up to joy as often as I can, mm. uh, and that that can range from taking the dogs for a walk, going for a run, enjoying a cup of coffee. Um, lighting a candle with Debbie at supper time and having a meal together, a conscious openness of my life to joy, even in the midst of whatever sadness or suffering or pain mm. we may be experiencing. So mm. I think those would be fundamental to my own way of being in the mm. world.
1: Yeah. so helpful. I think the joy one is um, always interesting to me when you talk about it, because in some of our conversations you've spoken about, how that didn't necessarily come naturally to you as a sure. person absolutely and yeah. how you've seen that as such an important decision to yeah. make to cultivate yeah. joy you know
0: now that's been a very very conscious journey uh, mm. which continues to this day it mm. really does it's a it's a it's a conscious intention mm. um, and, and and request you know to the lord you know lord will you you know i really do want to know your joy more deeply in my life and mm. Will you please show me, you know, the way into it? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which
1: is so vital when we think about soul care and absolutely. parenting. because sometimes we can see it in very, I know I can. I can get very serious about this whole thing, and mm-hmm. there is that, but there is also this uh, absolute, you know, this deep yeah. joy that is so important, critical, yeah, uh, critical. Cool. Yeah. What a rich conversation, Trevor. Thank you so much, man. man.
0: It's lovely. I just like talking. You get me thinking (laughs) thoughts I haven't thought before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, I just am so grateful for you being able to share with us, man. Yeah, I love our conversations. Um, Thanks, man. I always want to say, is there anything you're working on? I'm always surprised that you're writing some new book or bringing out some new thing. Is is there anything (laughs) going on that we can let people know about?
0: Well, I'm learning to be present in the moment. <laughs> uh, and and I think the theme of presence and encounter are two very deep themes that um, I find myself giving a lot of attention to, you know mm-hmm. that that uh, without starting a new conversation, that Moses, is present at the bush here i am here i am and that presence leads to a profound encounter mm. with the living god so the, the themes of presence and encounter um are, are two themes that are are running very deep in my heart at the moment
1: mm. one of my favorite um quotes along that line is that uh every common bush is ablaze with glory ah
0: yes isn't that lovely isn't Isn't that wonderful every Uh, common
1: bush is ablaze with glory so uh,
0: yeah so my prayer is that maybe even this our time this podcast may be for one person a burning bush Mm. yeah
1: i wonder if that's not a good place to end trevor do you think you could uh, pray over us and uh, Mm. as we end this time
0: God we thank you that you've breathed your spirit into our lives, your breath, that we indeed are living souls. Help us not to neglect our souls. Help us to listen to their deep, deep longings, their cries. Help us, Lord, to open our souls, the very depths of our lives, to the presence of your Spirit, O living Christ. That we may may live uh, profoundly connected uh, to your living presence in our life each day. Mm. Thank you for this podcast, thank you for Matt, thank you for those who are listening Lord, and we consecrate all that we've done. Uh, to your praise and to your glory. Amen. Amen.
1: That's all for this episode of The Follower Podcast. If you found this helpful, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast. It, it helps us get these conversations in other people's You can also give a one-off donation or ongoing monthly support to make more conversations like this possible by visiting www.wearefollower.com. Until next time, friends, may you follow Jesus to the depths of his heart and to the ends of the earth.